Mac. Welcome back to episode 14 of Icebreaker. Episode 14 is presented by Royal LePage Dynamic Real Estate, 1450 Corden in Winnipeg. So check them out for all home buying and selling needs. That's royallepage.ca. And as always, we're joined by co-host AJ. AJ, how's it going? I, it's been going very well. I just got my business cards. That's it. I'm the co-host of the uh, of the podcast. It's going great. You great. did, eh? <laughs> I wonder what. How did you get business cards and I didn't? <laughs> I was going to say, did you get yours yet? No. Oh, your name is longer than mine. It probably takes longer to print them. Yeah, too much ink. <laughs> no, it was, uh, that's funny. You have a chance to watch any of the golf today? I did not. I was out of the house all day. I saw one TV at Costco that said Dustin Johnson was four under. Was okay. <laughs> well, you missed a lot. Okay, then. So, obviously, after this tournament, the top 30 make it into the Tour Championship next weekend. Okay. And so DJ's, he was leading and then he lost his lead. And then John Rom had a one shot lead. And I don't know if you saw yesterday, but John Rom had the biggest like bonehead brain fart in the history of golf. He went onto the green and he picked up his ball without marking it. So it's a one shot penalty. And so as soon as he did it, you could like, see, he was like, what did I just do? <laughs> so it was a one shot penalty and he had a one shot lead when he was in the clubhouse. So the DJ's coming down 18 makes this insane putt for birdie on 18 to force a playoff. So now Rom's like, okay, well, I just, I'm handing this to him because I picked my ball up without marking it. And he quoted yesterday saying, I just hope I don't lose by one stroke. So now we're in a playoff and he makes this insane, like 66 foot winding putt over a hill, up a hill and it drops and he went nuts rightfully so it was literally the craziest ending to a golf term i couldn't believe my eyes with these two putts that were made but anyways now dj goes into next weekend uh in number one rom goes in number two and next weekend's interesting because uh dustin johnson will start the tournament at minus 10 rom will start the tournament at minus eight and it goes down from there so whoever wins that tournament with the preceding, right? So you just win it, then you're the tour champion. And I think the purse is like $10 million. You know how many ball markers that could buy? Ball markers are free at, ball markers are free at every pro shop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's unreal. Um, How do you rank that on like top boneheaded moves in sports? It was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe that he did that. And he couldn't believe it either. And as soon as he, like, threw the ball to his caddy, his caddy looked at him and was like, what did you just do? And it's like, who even does that uh, playing amateur or just playing a casual round (laughs) of golf? Right, you always put, like, a tee down or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't think I'll ever see it again. (laughs) I want to know how many views on YouTube. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. And it was We'll get the the statistician to – statistician yeah we gotta get our statistician yeah look it up no it was it was crazy and a wild wild week of sports it was um some leagues and teams making a statement of solidarity and and taking a couple days off uh during the week yeah what a what a great move right yeah we talked about this a little bit on, on something else that i do and uh I said, I had heard from somebody that their kid asked why there was no hockey on. And he said, I had to have a pretty tough conversation with my kid. I had to explain to my kid that people don't get treated fairly because they have a different color of skin than us. 
And if that conversation happened millions of times across North America, that's a win. That's a win for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I saw something that was really powerful to me and it was the day before Jackie Robinson day. And I can't remember which two teams were playing, but they warmed up and they went on the field and they're ready to go. And then they did a 42 second moment of silence uh, to, to honor Jackie Robinson. And then both of their managers went like this and the rest of the team started doing this. And then they just walked off the field. Like to me, that was a powerful statement. That's doing something with, you know, the platform that you're on. And that's a hundred percent the, you know, it's not your commitment. They get paid a lot of money to pay sports, but at the same time, when you have that much exposure, you have a bit of a responsibility. I think to jump on that. For sure. And I think not only like, it wasn't just the MLB, uh, the NBA, the NHL as well. And I think this bond is really starting to form between all professional athletes. Yeah. I really hope uh, there was a lot of hate going towards the NHL because they played the night of the first boycott and then they took the two nights off. Right. And, uh, I feel like that's moot at this point. I hope there's no, there's no bad will going towards the NHL because they totally did the right thing. I like the video package they ran before the games too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was a great statement. Uh, from everybody, for sure. So, and was, you know was, what? Again, it's it hasn't fixed anything, but nope. man, do do it a thousand more times if that's what it takes. Yeah, absolutely. But now that they're back playing and sports uh, started again, NHL is still in round two, right? Round yeah. two. Round two. Yeah. My pick the round of, robin threw me off because it feels yes. like three rounds, right? My pick of the abs last week isn't uh, looking too hot right now. You know what? Since we recorded last week and we both picked Colorado as, as the team to, to beat, um, since then I've rewatched the Islanders. <laughs> oh my goodness. They skate so well. And I, we're not changing picks or anything, but if I could, man, I'd go back in time and pick New York. They look great. Well, you're the king of picking three things with one pick. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go scrub that last pick yeah <laughs> no getting closer and closer to live hockey though now that we're talking about live hockey i had heard mjhl is happening this year is that correct yeah so the mj manitoba junior hockey league uh starting october 9th and there is a team in winnipeg the winnipeg blues so mm-hmm. grab your tickets at winnipegblues.ca it's pretty cool it's an access pass you can Come to all the games, come to some of the games, use the tickets how you want. So uh, winnipegblues.ca. Is it the same? It's the same access pass that the ice have, the same concept, right? Yeah, same concept. I liked this one because you get one ticket to every game, right? Yep. But if you got 30 friends, you just bring them all to one game because you technically just have that amount of tickets. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. you can bring a group of 10 if you want and then take a few games off. It's a little weird, too, that we're talking about even going to see hockey, man. I like. know, it's exciting. And this is high, you know what? It's junior hockey, but it's really high caliber hockey to watch. Yeah, it is. And it's exciting. I mean, I, yeah. I, I enjoy talking about it and watching it because I played in the league when I was, when I was younger. So it's cool to, to be able to, you know, work within the league and see how much it's changed and how much better it's gotten. Yeah. Well, I used to work a PA for a team in Thunder Bay, Ontario, the Thunder Bay North Stars. And it's one heck of a, it's, it's such a little family crowd of people rooting for these kids and it's it's fast-paced it's rough hockey i'm excited that we get to watch live sports i guess yep. no question so i sent you a text over the over the, during the week and i was watching a baseball game and oh, i yeah. said 
I heard someone come out to a walkout song for their at bat. And you can really hear them now, right? Because there's no crowd. That's right. <laughs> you can really hear the walkout songs. Like before, I would notice it when I was at games, right? When I was in Boston and I was at Fenway, I could hear hear the songs and some of the guys. Very, very loud in the stadium. Yes. But on TV, you don't really hear it that often. So it got me yeah. thinking. I said, what would your – I texted you. I said, top three walkout songs, what would they be? So that's that's what we're going to go with here today. And always you get the first pick. Okay. Uh, and it's not even worth it this time because I don't think you would have ever picked this. It's a bit of a throwaway, but I like it. Uh, it's by the band The Offspring. And it's a song called Hit That. Okay. You know you want to hit that. I know you want to hit that, hit that. And come on. Get your right – put your uh, put your mind on it, right? You got to hit the ball. What do you want to do when you get up to bat? Mac, you want to hit that? So I'm going to take a way different approach on this. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I think walkout songs are all about, yeah, getting you fired up. But what gets you fired up is getting the crowd into it, right? Okay, I like that. So the no-brainer for me for a walkout song for number one is the Friends theme song. <laughs> you cannot not sing along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to reference your frame of or your, your thought process later on with a pick, but I was trying to think of a song and I was like, what's a song that would get the crowd clapping before my at bat and just everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a good. Um, my number two pick is actually a song that not a lot of people like it gets bad reviews from baseball fans. It's the saxophone part of the song Careless Whisper. Okay. You know, but you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was super scared that you're about to steal my second pick and you're going to no. die. No, gonna... actually before you make that, do you know what the band's name is that sings Careless Whisper? No. Wham. Wham. As in Kabloomy. There you go. Run, Get out of here. I see the the theme uh, starting here. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna laugh at this second pick. I was okay. at a Red Sox game, and I can't remember who had this as their walkout song, but I was like, "This is genius!" And it alludes to what you just said. It's the song. I don't even know what it's called. It's a part of the song where it goes on the PA and it goes, "Everybody, clap your hands!" <laughs> just get everybody clapping that for you. Song? That's good. <laughs> Oh man, that's really funny. Do you think this isn't my next pick, but it has me thinking? Um, what if somebody ever put up like a classic baseball song as their walk up, like Sweet Caroline? That'd be awesome. And they'd have to do the bop, bop, bobs every time it came up. Every time. <laughs> it's a good pick, but it's not my awesome. last one. Uh, Cotton Eye Joe, that'd be another good one. Um, my last pick, uh, Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Because now you're getting in the pitcher's head. Well, I'm going to walk sure the line. Are. You're going to chuck it outside. You sure are. I think <laughs> no, that's a good one. My last pick, I'm going to stray away from where I went. I had a, I had a couple in my head. But I think I got to go with the part in Thunderstruck by ACDC where it's like, bam, bam, bam. You know that part? I do. Yeah. yeah. I th it's impossible. If you're a fan, it's impossible not to get up to that song, especially yeah. at that moment. So that would be the last one. To get loud. I like those picks, man. So when we put together our baseball team, <laughs> those are mandatory picks. They have to be. You only get a few songs to pick from yeah, here. And nobody else, no one gets to choose their own song. They get like a list of 
of people are, verified... are going to pick those six, and then everybody else gets the clap song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Took this show a different direction today, and I'm really excited about it. We got a Western Hockey League official who I met a few years back in Buffalo at the NHL officiating combine, and um, you know now he's he's refing in the Western League, and um, we just got to chatting, and I thought it'd be a real cool guest to have on the show as refs don't uh, get to speak out that often and you know I, I'd like to give them a chance just to hear about what goes on on the ice you know they're out there the whole game they don't get a break so that's a real interesting conversation coming up but before we get to that make sure to check us out on social media at icebreaker show with two w's on twitter facebook and insta that's at icebreaker show with two w's appreciate the comments uh, people reaching out to us on the socials always like engaging with you guys and uh, appreciate the ratings and subscriptions on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So keep that up. Keep sharing it with your friends. And uh, I really appreciate it. So uh, thank you for that. But without uh, further ado, uh, we'll bring in Bradley Parker. Brad, how's it going? Going good, man. Yeah, real good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, just hanging out. Uh, pleasure to talk to you again, of course. Yes, absolutely. Same to you. <laughs> so... Uh, Brad and I met, we were at the uh, National Hockey League Reffing Combine in Buffalo one summer, and we, there was a bunch of people there, and we were put on the same team, and we went in the room, and we were in the same corner with another guy who I'll, I'll get to later, but uh, that's where it started, so, so Brad's a ref, you ref in the Western League, right? I do, yeah. And then you do some BC League stuff as well, so how did that start, because I know you played uh, junior hockey in BC, and then you got into officiating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, played junior B um, for Officer Pilots, played junior A for the Powell River Kings. And then um, basically once I was 20, <clears throat> kind of had to make that life choice. I had a couple school offers and stuff like that, but uh, nothing that was really worth um, really worth going for, I, I found. So, uh, yeah, I, longtime family friend. Um, he uh, does a lot of work with uh, BC Hockey. Um, officiating uh, and he just kind of came around and asked what I was doing and said hey you should uh, you should give Refn a go <laughs> so and, you know, yeah all those players were all the best refs on the ice right <laughs> oh that's yeah that's I'll be honest transition <laughs> transition was um, there's a lot of similarities between uh, playing and refing and then it's also very very different um i mean i'll be honest with you like i i had to apologize and uh, break bread with with a lot of with, with a lot of officials because they coached or they uh they ref me sorry when i as i was as i was a player so um yeah the transition was good though i mean i always tell everybody uh honestly it's the next best thing for me to to play um it's got that uh like you're still out there on the ice mental mental physical um that's all there too you got to be sharp every night um you know uh there's lots of differences too like you as a home team you have a home crowd that like likes you you know while as a ref you don't have a you don't have a crowd that likes you <laughs> so um your team is is the guys that you're out there um with each night doing the job so I know for me that if I had to do that transition into the league that I played in, I would have to break a lot of bread as well. 
with a lot of the guys that uh, that officiated when I was playing. Was it was it pretty understanding? Like I feel like you get used to that as a rep. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, you have to have a thick skin. Like um, you know, as a player, if somebody's you know, you can you can react as a as a player to another player. Well, as a referee, you can't. <laughs> you can't do that right it's uh, it's a different it's a different mentality um and so when i first started refing yeah the the referees were all very understanding and and they forgave me and uh the man like honestly um i haven't met one one bad official yet like they're all just a really good solid group of guys so you kind of brought it up you're on the ice for 60 minutes sometimes more right if it goes to overtime how tiring does that get when you're used to maybe playing 20 minutes, <laughs> you're not getting hit uh, that much. Like I'm sure you get run into, but you're on the yeah. ice for 60 minutes. Yeah, and you are you are thinking like you're making you know um, uh, you're reacting to to plays in like in, in in a split of a second, right? Like it's it's quick, right? Um, so yeah, uh, as far as fatigue goes when you're out there, there isn't, you don't get, you get a TV timeout and that's your break. Otherwise, you know, in between periods. So it's, it's, uh, it's very, your cardio has to be good. Like you can't, like, and especially now with the league being so fast, you have to be able to skate, right? Um, you have to be in shape. You can't, uh, yeah, there's no, more, there's no more getting by like that anymore. Well, I remember when we were at the combine there, we had to do the running test upstairs after like seven ice times already in the day. <laughs> and I was like, how do they expect anyone to complete this? But you're right. Like, you don't get a break when you're out there. You got to nope. be, you got to be ready to go. And yep. that was like my introduction to officiating. And I was like, there's no way that you got to be in this good of shape, but you do. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And um, that's one of the things that you can share um, you know, from, from being a player is, is that um, you have to maintain your body. You have to stretch, you have to get warmed up. You have to make sure that you're, you know, getting enough rest and that you're, you're mentally prepared for that game. Cause you know, say you're doing a game down in Portland, right? Everyone loves a ref that screws up. You stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And uh, yeah, like there's no, there's no hiding from, from any of that. So it, yeah, it's a good challenge. So when you're in the Western League, like, is there any players like I, I know you're you're planning and you're wanting to move up here, but right now, is there any players in the Western League when you're on the ice with and you're like, wow, these guys are good? Yeah, there's a lot of kids that are like that now, man. This just uh, like the skill, the skill is incredible. And like I'm I'm 27 years old, and I'm gonna sound like an old man when I say this, but like even from when I was playing. Like the skill has changed. Like the, the entire game has changed so much. Um, and uh, yeah, like guys like uh, Foot, um, you know, in Kelowna there, he's like super skilled. Uh, uh, Glass from Portland, um, you know, that guy just scores at will. So there's there's a huge list of guys in the Western League that I think um, got a ton of ton of skill. And and you see it now. These guys, they all they all just jump into the NHL and they're ready to go. It's amazing. Like, uh, Bowen Byram, obviously. Um, I'm Vancouver local, so I've, I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of him. And, uh, yeah, man, these guys are just incredible hockey players. Yeah, just bring up those guys. And 
I just think like uh, we have Peyton Krebs here in Winnipeg who's with Vegas right now in the bubble. And just yep. another guy that I had the pleasure to watch all year. And it's it's literally, you're right, the game has changed. I, I never played against players that good. Yeah, no. Um, no, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I played, I played against Ryan Nugent Hopkins my entire life. Um, and, you know, he was just one of those, like, I remember, it's like bad at me or something. And our team was just like, hey, like we weren't the greatest or whatever. We, everyone just wanted to go and just just get a piece of them, right? Yeah. Uh, of, right, just to be like, yeah, you know, I hammered them or whatever. I stopped them, kind of thing. And we couldn't. <laughs> you, you can't. Like the guy's just, he's always in the right spot. He's always in the right position. Like he's just one of those players where the puck just goes to him. Um, and I just find that even more so now with the with the way the game's gone and uh, how how skilled everybody is, like. Um, it just seems like these guys are just pulling off all these sick moves at will that I would never even think of when I was playing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. So what's the path like then for, for an official moving up? Right now you're in the Western League. For players, yeah. you get scouted, you, you go to camp, you get drafted. How does it work for an official? It's pretty similar, man. I mean, um, you know, there's guys, you have supervisors uh, that come to the games. Um, and instead of, you know, like – uh, a scout say where they can't come down, they can't come down after the game all the time and talk to you or whatever. A supervisor can. So um, I'd say there's supervisors at almost every single game. Um, and then there's also guys from the NHL that you'll never know if they're there or not. Like you'll never know. And there are always, there's so many guys up there that are around scouting um, for the league and stuff like that. So to, to work your, to answer your question there, um, I mean, you kind of just gotta go through the go through the ranks, um, getting invited to to like World Juniors, Under 17s. You know, those are all very um, great tournaments to get invited to, and I think that's definitely um, where you can definitely get noticed. But you can get noticed uh, deep playoff run, Memorial Cup. You know, so um, it's just all about uh, opportunities and um, being consistent. I think. Uh, and then when you get that opportunity, you know, um, you really got to, you got to take advantage of it and show. So. And I think what's cool about that is uh, I mentioned earlier that there was another guy in that corner of the room that by chance, and, you know, you hear about it at the, at the combine that, you know, some of you guys are going to be refing in the NHL and you're like, yeah, like tough to say. Right. <laughs> and then that same season, his name is Travis Garrelitz. He's now a full-time linesman in the NHL. I'm his brother. Yeah. Yeah, man. And we, uh, we sat beside him uh, the entire camp, and I think we were even on the line together. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just um, – it's crazy. Like, you just never know what can happen, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I want to get down to the good stuff now. What's, what's something you could tell me that's happened on the ice in your officiating career? It kind of took you back a little bit. Like is like as far as what you gotta you gotta give me something here to work with, Mac. <laughs> it's so much, buddy. <laughs> uh, you're so if you're breaking up a fight, have you ever been socked with one? No, thankfully. Um, I've had my helmet knocked off though, <laughs> and that was pretty cool because there's a crowd, so it was like had the hair I'm buzzing all there. I'm buzzing around there as if I just got in the fight with no helmet on. <laughs> um, no, man. Uh, as being a, I'm a linesman, so um, as a linesman, you're 
every fight's a different story, especially if it's a good one. Like there's uh, there's been some there's been some heavy heavy shots that I've like been basically front row seats watching. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I have honestly really too too many crazy stories. It's just like it's more. Yeah, it is, man. And um, you know, we're out there for the players. Like as a linesman, like I'm out there to protect the players. Like if two guys are fighting and I see the one guy's in danger, like I got your back, man. Like we're going in there. Me and my partner, mm -hmm. we are in there. We're gonna we, we keep you safe, right? So um uh honestly, no, fortunately I, I don't have too many crazy, crazy scenarios. Um been through a lot of uh, a lot of overtimes and stuff like that, um, long games and playoff runs, but uh, that's gotta get tiring. And that gets tiring. It's just like being a player, man. Your feet just start to feel your feet and your and your legs feel like lead, right? They feel like they're a thousand pounds. So. Um, and unfortunately, when you're a, an official, you don't have a coach to bench you, right? In a long, long overtime <laughs> game, you have to literally stay out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I said. You, uh, as an official, um, you really appreciate those TV or uh, radio timeouts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Can only imagine. So I remember when we were at the, the the camp, they played that like over the speakers, the entrance into into Chicago Blackhawks game or something. Yeah, it was really cool. They had us close our eyes. What's like a crowd that you've that you've uh, officiated in front of? Like you're you're out there, you skate out there, and you're kind of like, oh boy, like this is a big one. Um, that would be, I'd say last New Year's, uh, 2019. Um, I was fortunate enough to get the Portland Winterhawks assignment. Um, and they basically sell out the, the Moda, which is where the, the trailblazers play. So I think there's probably like 10,000 people there and the place is just jumping, right? Like it's New Year's, everyone's in a good mood. Um, so yeah, like... And in a game like that, when there's that many people and they're that loud, like, you'd be surprised. Like, you have to wail on your whistle right. to even, like, get a player, like, next to you almost to, to hear it. Like, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. You don't have to answer this one, but I got to ask it. Are there <laughs> calls that you've made and you – after you've made them, it's a split decision second. You've made it, you're kind of like, oh, no, that wasn't right. Yeah. No, I can answer that. Um, it happens. It definitely happens. Um, nobody's perfect, right? Refs aren't perfect. Players aren't perfect. I think it's just all about understanding and looking back on, okay, that wasn't the right call. How can I prevent that from happening next time? How can I learn from this? You know? Are, uh, are coaches understanding that? Like, would you ever admit that in a game or no? Um, yeah. Uh, coaches, for the most part, they mainly just want honesty. Really, right. if you, they're smart, right? Like, especially when you get to, you know, the Western Hockey League. All those coaches are very, very good coaches. They've been around hockey for a very long time. You know, a lot of them played pro. A lot of them coach pro. Um, so if you try, if you screw up, and it's obvious, and you know it, and the coach knows it, and the team knows it, I think the worst thing you could do would be to skate by that bench and say. No, no, that didn't happen. You know, like that was my fault or like that, that's the right call. I think in a situation where it's that obvious or, or, you know, like if you're, if you're confident that you screwed that up, then just go and tell them. Yeah. And if you do it, it usually 
diffuses that situation a lot more. Whereas if you go over and pretend that you're perfect. So. Yeah, no, I figured that. Well, listen, Brad, I appreciate you joining us today. And hopefully our paths can cross at some point this season, maybe grab a pint or two in, uh, in a BC uh, watering hole, but uh, appreciate it. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's do it. <laughs> See you, buddy. As always, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know I did. I had a great chat with Brad there. And as always, thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to check us out on social media at Icebreaker Show with two W's. That's at Icebreaker Show with two W's. And I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>